All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here this morning. Thank you for giving us, once again, this incredible time to just celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, your Son, whom you sent with a supreme purpose to save those who were lost. Father, what a privilege it is to count ourselves among your family as a result. What a privilege it is to live each and every day understanding that we have been given life eternal. What a privilege it is, Father, just to be here this morning, basking in your grace, your mercy, and your love. Our hearts and our prayers go out to those that can't be with us this morning that want so just to be with us, Father, just to be here celebrating with us, but for some reason or another can't be here, Father. Hearts and prayers go out to them. We pray also for those still struggling, those still not saved, and therefore those who will not partake in the blessing of this celebration the way we will this morning. We are most grateful for the work that our Lord was sent to do so that we can enjoy moments in time like this as foreshadowing of things to come. We do just ask for your blessings on this morning's message. May it be edifying for our souls. We ask this in Jesus Christ's precious name. By the power of the Spirit, we do pray. Amen. Again, Merry Christmas. This is the Christmas special. Um, Why don't we begin uh, with why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. Go to Matthew 1.18. Matthew 1.18, why we here, why Christmas, good place to start. Matthew 1.18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Matthew 1.18. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. What a beautiful, succinct account. That is the account of our great shepherd's incarnation who came out of heaven to lead us to salvation. Whenever I think about Christmas, the image of shepherds comes to mind. And then I can't can't help but think about those images, how they remind me of our great shepherd, that he's the prototype after all. 
And that's something, this great shepherd is something David wrote about. Go to Psalm 23.1. Psalm 23.1. Wonderful perspective. Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm of David, 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was so very grateful for the Lord. And Jesus hadn't even been born into the world yet. <laughs> How much more do we have to be thankful for? On that note, this week's blog is titled up here on the board, How Long Does Gratitude Last? Hopefully you all read it. Again, How Long Does Gratitude Last? Maybe there's even a surging of gratitude in us right now. But how long will it last? It seems the subject of gratitude has dominated our messages as of late. And it's been a wonderful perspective to be given, especially around Christmas time. Especially during this time. To me... The Christmas holiday season, um, not, not Christmas the way we believers uh, understand it or perceive it, but, you know, the, the holiday season, just the whole of it. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. And um, it's kind of a struggle sometimes. I was reading Luke 19 this morning, and it reminded me of this very phenomenon Go to Luke 19.35. Luke 19.35. You know, why? How do you, how do you have something so magnificent set before you, like celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How do you have that, Ed, or any of you who experience the same thing, and have any melancholy in you at all? Like, how are you... How? Well, it reminded me of this, Luke 19.35. And they brought it. This was the uh, colt that Jesus rode into town on. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the uh, Already on the uh, way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. So they were getting riled up, right? This is like big time. You know anything about the context? They weren't quite oriented to the truth of it. But nonetheless, a big event. It was a big event for Jesus too, knowing what he was ultimately going to have to do. So there should have been a lot of rejoicing going on. There was some rejoicing going on, saying, Blessed is the king, you see, they were looking for the king, who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. When he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. 
And so there's this, what do you want to call it, juxtaposition maybe, this uh, dichotomy, you know, where there's reason to rejoice, but the, the masses are missing the point. There's that collision of truth and, and, and lies. Why did Jesus weep during the unfolding of the greatest event in human history? Because to him, as it is for us in some small way during Christmas time, there were many who wouldn't partake in the magnificence of ever knowing him. While the world could have so much to be grateful for, it seems most in our periphery are in pain. And when I personally think about this pain, it's overwhelming, and frankly, I sometimes weep. It's the kind of pain, it's that same thread of pain that I associate with hell. It's that same thread, which, as we know, by definition, implies spiritual death, which means separation from God. And so to me, that's the most painful prospect of all. Knowing the Lord the way I do, and then having the thought of life without Him, without knowing Him intimately, is a devastating thought. It's devastating. And to think about being separated from him for all of eternity is just plain awful. And so that's why Christmas time, there's so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for, so much to celebrate, but Christmas time is a double-edged sword for me. So I just wanted to share that with you before we celebrated the birth of our Lord, that there's an ever-present um, bittersweetness because not everyone is going to have their cups overflow with gratitude this year. Yet, in their futility, you know, they'll give it the college try. You know, they'll give it, they'll, they'll, they'll try to make the most of it but it's almost the definition of futility. And I'll watch some of it from a distance. They may gather together, you know, exchange gifts by a tree, and then, you know, look forward to and talk about what they're going to do, their New Year's resolutions and all that stuff. And they're going to give the most, they're going to do the best they can with nothing because that's what they have. They have nothing. They have no hope. And that's a double-edged sword. And I think that's was pictured in Luke 19 as well. You and I, though, we do have so very much to celebrate, don't we? Yeah. And though I'm sure you have some of that same bitter sweetness lurking in the background of your soul, you are ready and able to embrace the very reason for this season of celebration, which is Jesus. We can't let that crush us. Is it there? Sure. Sure it is. I mean, it makes it made Jesus weep. It makes us weep sometimes. But there's still magnificent cause for celebration, and his name is Jesus. With that said, let's read a second account regarding the greatest birth this world has ever known. Go to Luke 2, verse 1. Luke 2, verse 1. Luke 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Phew, the story of Jesus' birth never gets old, does it? Mm. We often say that he was born to die for us. No person has ever been born into this world with a greater purpose. And so it's true, we have so much to be grateful for. So much to celebrate this Christmas. And this, therefore, is the season for it. And I really do. I beg you not to let it pass. You have so much to be grateful for. Stop dwelling on things that the kingdom of darkness wants you to dwell on. If that was yesterday, if it was last year, if it was 10 years ago, drop it. You have so much to be grateful for. Focus on that. 
Christmas time is really a great time. Most of us have some downtime, you know, and it's a great time to reflect on the previous year. It's a perfect time to take a deep breath and step back and ponder all of the incredible things that God has done in our lives over the past 12 months. As a part of that journey, the Spirit always has us look back at where we were as a church family the previous year. It's a curious thing, right? It's like, where were we last year? Because it's, you know, it's incremental. You kind of take that pause and you say, where were we last year? Because Christmas always has some kind of a crescendo to it. And so looking back, I do look back. I always look at my old notes and the old messages. And Last time, uh, last year at this time, we were in the middle of that 80-part series, The Lord is Our Confidence. Remember that? 80 parts. The Lord is our... We hadn't finished it yet. The Lord is our confidence. So the Spirit at that time had us reflecting heavily upon all the confidence we have as a result of God's grace. He said, this is a wonderful time to remember it. Confidence. And now having finished that series, looking backwards, we might use that as fuel for our gratitude this year as well. That last year represented for some of you leaps and bounds in terms of your confidence in the Lord, your sense of assurance in the Lord. And yeah, that was in the middle of what, starting in March, this whole COVID thing. And like I've written about and taught about ever since the thing started, it's just a test. And those with supreme confidence in the Lord pass it. And that brings glory to God. And so when you look back, look back that way. I mean, you're here, right? Even if during it you were a mess, like a lot of people were or still are, who knows? You're here. And that very thing, him getting you here, should be a source of confidence. So we can use it as fuel for gratitude, even now. Not coincidentally, last year we had a blog that dovetailed perfectly into last year's Christmas special up here on the board. That blog on 1220 was titled, The Season of Encouragement. And this is just an excerpt from it. God loved us so much, he became a man. What a humiliating prospect. In order to reconcile us to himself, love, my friends, this ought to be our focal point this Christmas season. Not presents, not food, not even family gatherings, strictly speaking. Love. Keep it. Treasure it. Abide in it. Love. Fast forward this year. It's the fruit of said love, namely gratitude. It's the fruit of it, you see, that's been at the forefront of our minds. And for some of you, it's been such a blessing to be reminded of all there is to be, capital B, capital E, be grateful for. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Be, not go, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, be. You wear it like clothing. You wear gratitude like clothing. So I put the emphasis on be here because, as we've been learning, gratitude is best enjoyed as a status quo, a state of being, not a laundry list. You have that, you make that mental error of keeping notes on God's grace. You lose. It's not a laundry list of things to be grateful for. It's just being grateful all the time. You only should need one thing. Hint, hint. To live in that gratitude. It's a state of being. Up here on the board, the blessing of being filled with gratitude 
It's much better to be filled with gratitude than to simply be grateful for this or that. Do you follow? I hope that makes sense. It's much better to be filled than to simply be grateful for this or that. Be filled. Let it become you. Have that complete attitude of gratitude. I'm just happy to be here. I don't even need to point at anything. I'm just, I, honestly, I kind of let you in on a little bit of it this morning when I showed up and looked out at your nice faces, right, with your funny-looking masks. Right? I mean, it's beautiful. Do you understand? It's beautiful. I look out, I'm so, I'm like a weird stalker type, right? You guys, because my shades are closed in the, in the office, and every so often, someone will catch me. I'll be like this. And they'll see, like, the two eyes. I go, oh. Right? Because it's embarrassing. Because they might be, like, this far away from the door, and I'll be like, oh. Right? And then nobody says anything, so thank you. That's the creepy guy in the office over there. We don't talk to him much. He just comes out, we lead him out, and then we lead him back. <laughs> but I look out there, and I see cars out there, right? And thank you for not crashing into each other. I see cars out there, and I don't know. I hear people complaining about the slippery snow, and I hear all the conversations, and, you know, probably a lot more than you want me to hear, maybe. I don't know. But uh, it's beautiful, and it fills me with gratitude just, just to be alive, just to be able to celebrate a time like this. It's beautiful. Don't miss it. Don't focus. I'm telling you right now, the kingdom of darkness does everything it can to thwart you from what I just described. It says, oh, well, you've got nothing to point to. You don't get it? Well, then point it out then. If, you've got, if you're so happy, point it out then. What do you got to be so grateful for? You know, and, and they make it about tit for tat, and they make it about what have you done for me lately? You know, Janet Jackson, anybody? Right? They, they do that thing, right? And it, and it entices you into... The wrong system of thinking, it takes you out of that blessed place of being filled with gratitude. Just being. Just be it. There's no pressure. Just allow yourself to be grateful. Literally, just allow it to happen. Our being ought to be aligned with his unerring love, which never takes a break. Go to Lamentations 3.22. Lamentations 3.22. Just be, you know? Life's too short, folks, to be all wound up all the time. Just be. So, all right, so you ready? Newsflash, you make mistakes. <laughs> Newsflash, you're ungrateful sometimes. Newsflash, you're a sinner. Someone in here is uh, re-watching the series on the deceitfulness of sin. And they're blown away by it. Because, if you remember, the emphasis during that series was always on the deceitfulness. It wasn't actually on the sin. We all know what sin is, right? It's just the departure from God's will to miss the mark. Okay, whoa. We went 80 parts. Oh, no, I think that was 63 parts. I think the deceitfulness of sin was 63-ish. Um, that series was on the deceitfulness of sin. It was how it undermined you actively, daily, taking you out of that place where you're no longer filled. Remember pleuroo in the Greek? To be filled, it's the wind in your sails. That's how you think of pleuroo. It's the wind in your sails. It takes the wind out of your sails. You know, that's the deceitfulness of sin. Lamentations 3.22. We can be so encouraged by His unerring love. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Do you understand? He is everything to me. That's what Lamentations is 
teaching us. He's everything. He's our portion. Tis the season, my friends, to be grateful. I read passages like that and I'm blown away. Just be. Amen? Here's a key passage from this week's blog that gives us some additional perspective on this. Go to Luke 17, 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Gives us some perspective on all of this. Who, you know, who really does receive the blessing of being grateful? Not just being grateful for this or that, but just being grateful. Who receives the blessing? Luke 17, 11, that was much of what this week's blog was about. And obviously, obviously God, the Holy Spirit, can take a Christmas special message in any direction he wants. And look at the direction he's taking it. Luke 17, 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, one of them, which implies nine others, right? When one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks Now, he was a Samaritan. In other words, the least of the group, right? The Samaritans were cast off, if you remember, sort of social pariahs. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Where's everyone else? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Up here on the board, the grateful response to the Lord's grace heals us. Are you, are you bummed? Anybody bummed out right this, I'm almost ready to cry. It, it's awful. To think anybody could be bummed out this morning, and knowing some of you are, when we're, when we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, is awful. It feels like highway robbery. Does that make sense? It feels like, my goodness, you have a pot of gold sitting in front of you and you're too blind to see it. You have all your hopes and your dreams right in front of you and you're groping for it in the dark. That's what it feels like. And to me, it's awful. It's awful because the deceitfulness of sin has gotten the best of you. And now's not the time for it. So much to be grateful for. The grateful response to the Lord's grace heals us. When you just live and abide in gratitude, like the Spirit's been teaching, you're healed. Your, your, your pain, oof, your suffering, all of it, you're healed from it. It doesn't matter how bad it was yesterday even. It's right now. Right now. That's what being grateful can do for you. Say, you know what? Who cares? Who cares what the world thinks of me or my family or my loved ones or my life or my decisions, good, bad, or ugly? Who cares what the world thinks? I care what God thinks. Last time I checked, Jesus Christ paid for my sins on the cross. For that, I'm utterly grateful. I can learn how to be grateful when I think that way. So my advice for some of you who are hurting right now, um, and this season brings out painful memories or painful artifacts of your life, some, you know, some your fault, some not your fault. It doesn't matter. You still have so much to be grateful for. And I'm not preaching at you. 
I'm encouraging you into the fold of God's love, of his warm embrace. That's how you be grateful. And it's healing. It's healing. The grateful person is a reflectful or reflective person, for it doesn't take very long when we stand in the light of truth before we are humbled by it. And when we're humbled, we are blessed with the gift of being grateful. Remember, it's, you're not giving somebody else a gift. God doesn't need your gratitude to be happy, per se. You're not giving somebody else a gift. It's your gift. When you're grateful, you are blessed. You get to be grateful. And it's a gift for you. Let's read some Holy Scripture to help with this reflective exercise. Go to Romans 5, 6. Romans 5, verse 6. This is the season to cling to this, my friends. Romans 5, verse 6. Just to help with our reflective exercise. How about this? Is this something to be grateful for? Well, you decide. Romans 5, 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let us remember, shall we? Whew. Remember where we came from? Isn't that enough fuel? See, the kingdom of darkness does not want you to remember where you came from, where you were plucked from. The very throes of spiritual death, you were plucked from the lake of fire, my friends. The kingdom of darkness does not, the kingdom of darkness wants you to be a brat in your own little way. And have a, you know, the little pity party. And I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying we all do it. The little pity party. Well, this last week was so bad. What about the cross? How bad was it on the cross? I get it. Right? But don't let this world rob you. Fight the good fight. This is the rubber hits the road. It's not about this or that. It's not about tit or tat. It's about fighting that fight to remain in that estate of gratitude, of love. It's what we call abiding, abiding love. Not just, oh, I can love for that, and I can love for that, and I can love for that, and, I can, and it's completely subjective. No, it's, it's object. It's, you love, you, you're so grateful. You just have to remember. It's why the Spirit keeps saying all the time, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your because the inevitable outcome is what I just described. Truth always sets you free. Yeah. How's this for starters? Go to John 3.16. Go to John 3.16. How about this? How about this is something we might use as fuel as we remember. This is the beauty of Holy Scripture. You don't have to be a PhD, my friends. All you have to do is read it. That's it. Just read it. If you want to debilitate yourself, you want to be carried away in chains by the kingdom of darkness, stop reading it. Make excuses. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall, or should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, 
but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. How's that for love worthy of our gratitude? How's that? It's the reason for the season, right? It's the reason we love him in return. How we even have the privilege of knowing and abiding in his love. Sound familiar? Up here on the board, John, 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Here's another point from last year's Christmas special on that very verse up here on the board from McDonald on 1 John 4.19. Such wonderful love draws our hearts out to him in return. We say, you have bled and died for me. From now on, I will live for you. And that's that estate. I, my life, think of Romans 12.1 right now. My entire being is yours. I hand myself over to you. That's a beautiful thing. And the world's always trying to get you back. Hey, you were once ours. I want you back. Like, like a bad ex, right? <laughs> I want you back. I want you to pull, I want to pull you back into dysfunction. Because then that's where I can control you and I can keep you miserable with your own emotions and I just keep you spun up in your own emotions and you can't see straight and I just want to keep you over here to myself. And that's the exact opposite of what you rightfully have access to, which is an abiding love for him. So this should be our focus this Christmas up here in the board. Our Christmas focus Gratitude from a root of love. Gratitude from a root of love. I imagine that means a lot of different things to people in here in a practical sense, but this is what the Spirit wanted you to hear this morning. 2020 Christmas. Focus here. Gratitude from a root of love. Go to Psalm 7, 17. Psalm 7, verse 17. This is our focus. And as it always has been, as long as I can remember, Christmas specials are always a, some kind of a capstone. There's always a lead up in our messages preceding. Psalm 7, 17. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. That is our focus this Christmas. Gratitude from a root of love. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Here's a little poem I wrote for you last year. Don't make fun. You should get the point up here on the board. Let us remember. Let us remember, shall we? Let us love as a result. Okay. Let us step back, maybe. And let us rejoice this day. Is that, what do they call it? The Pulitzer Prize? Hey, that's called bravery. You get the point, though, right? I mean, we just have so much to be grateful for. You know, love, gratitude, appreciation, Jesus, they're all in the same sphere, right? This is the season for gratitude. We've got so much to be grateful for. As we noted this past week in our studies up here on the board, 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Amen is right. We love because he first loved us. Who's the one? While we were still ungodly, Christ died for us. Did we just read that in Romans 5? While we were still hopeless and helpless, 
We certainly weren't righteous. Maybe for a righteous person, that person's worth it, but not for us. Not when compared to a perfect, holy God. Love crossed that chasm, extended by grace. You were dead. There you were, right there. Dead. You couldn't even move one inch to him. Not you still can't without grace. You couldn't get to him. So he humiliated himself to get to you. How's that for Christmas? I didn't get my Superman action figure. They don't even do that anymore, do they? Action figures are out. I didn't get my Spider-Man video game. I didn't get... What? What? You are dead with this much hope of reconciliation. You were headed to the lake of fire, which is where you deserved to be. And Christ humiliated himself just to reach over to you. That's called love. It certainly wasn't because of who and what you were. And the Spirit's been teaching us all a lot about that. Objective love, not subjective. If he had subjective love, he would have left us there. But he had objective love. He loved us for who he was. Just like we're going to have to do. This Christmas, you know what's what's coming. You're going to have to deal with relatives that just stink. I don't mean physically, but maybe. Stink, right? You get what I'm getting at? And they're going to try to drag you down. And that's just the kingdom of darkness trying to get the talons in you again. Trying to get you over here to control you again. Get you out of abiding gratitude, out of love. All we have to do is just read Holy Scripture. I haven't even read that much with you for the sake of time, but Romans 5 alone, right? Oh, yeah. While I was completely unworthy, he expressed his love to me, crossed that chasm, extended grace to me when I was dead on the floor, destined for hell. Whew. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. How's that for a gift? We love because he first loved us. So let's enjoy this love, shall we? Let's, let's wear it, you know? In duo, remember in duo in the Greek? Let's wear it. Let's put it on as the word of God actually commands us to because commands are good for us. Go to Colossians 3.14. Colossians 3.14. Let's put it on. Don't let the world the kingdom of darkness, rob you of this blessing, this rightful blessing that you have been given in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.14 And above all these, what's the pinnacle? Above all these, put on, like clothing and duo, put it on. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Some of you are like, man, my, my life is just a mess. There's no harmony whatsoever in my life. It's a mess. I've made a mess of it. Love. Love. It starts with love. That's all I can tell you. Somehow love conquered it all, right? I mean, look what Jesus came into. I mean, if that's the pattern that we have in him, then why don't we try it on for size? You know, like when you're a little kid and you put your jammies on? Why don't you try it on for size? Pick your hands up. Let them pull it over you. Put on love. That's the visual, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Live in it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That sounds like a really good segue into our closing songs, doesn't it? Huh? 
So you better sing. Don't be putting me on the spot again. When we're filled with gratitude, our cups overflow. And we just want to sing out to the Lord. So my friends, let your hearts be merry, for this is truly the season for it. Let's close with a psalm for giving thanks. Go to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, and then we're going to, I'll close in prayer, and then we'll sing our ways off. Psalm 100. Psalm 100 reads, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen? All right, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for revealing to us what true love is. And thank you for the gift of allowing us to abide in that love, which also means we abide in gratitude, Father, peace, forgiveness, all the things that your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, embodied. Thank you for grace and truth that sets us free, Father, especially during times like this, times of reflection, times where we might be challenged, where the kingdom of darkness is really, really upset with us as we cling to you. Father, we just pray for blessings as this message fuses with our souls. We just pray for the strength and the tenacity to see it through, to be grateful. We ask this in Jesus Christ's precious name. By the power of the Spirit, we do pray. Amen.